Hey, hey, hey. Today I'm talking with Tess Hayes, the author of May You Shine, Love Letters to the Hurting, Healing, and Growing Heart, a book meant to bring comfort and inspiration to people of all ages and stages in life. Over the years, Tess has overcome heartbreak, growing pains, and other difficult moments life has thrown her way. Yet she has found peace in learning to love herself, and she wants to help others learn to love themselves as well. So come along with us as we chat about how to start the journey of loving yourself and the amazing woman you were always meant to be. Welcome to the Faith Inspired Podcast by Faith and Gather. I'm your host, Erica Dvorak. Join me and the Faith and Gather community as we become faith inspired to tackle every area of life. Career, faith, motherhood, loss, fitness, fashion, health, and more. Girl, we're going to meet you right where you're at, right where you need it. Keeping you one step ahead of the devil, armed with knowledge to fight your everyday battles and live a life faith-inspired. Come on, girl, let's get it. Hey, Tess, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you. Yes, yes. I want to start off by saying congratulations on your book. Thank you. I know it's like, it's been a whirlwind of emotions, but like so excited to finally have it out in the world. That's awesome. So exciting. So I do have to comment. The book we're talking about is May You Shine, Love Letters to the Hurting, Healing, and Growing Heart. Just so beautiful. And they really are love letters in this little book that I just, it's just beautiful. Um, But I do have to say that it was a number one release in three different categories on Amazon. And then an overall number three bestseller in the inspirational Christianity, right? Am I correct? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about um, who Tess Hayes is and a little bit about your book as well? So I am born and raised Minneapolis girl. I tried going out of state freshman year for college, but couldn't really do it. So came back here for the rest of college and still living here in the cities. I actually got my degree in accounting. So I did that for about six and a half years and it became painfully apparent that accounting was not for me. And so I was finally kind of able to take that leap of faith and do a 180 with my career just earlier this year, actually. So at the beginning of January, I started working at Be The Match, which I'm not sure how familiar people are with that or not, but it's a nonprofit focused really on providing bone marrow transplants to patients in need. So just a career that much more closely aligns with my passion and my desire to kind of want to serve others, create those connections with people and really feel like I'm making a difference. And then, yeah, writing is not what I do full time, but it's my passion. It's what I love to do. And so I make time for it. And it's funny, yeah, as we were like chatting before the show, as we were saying, you with like your full-time job and faith and gather and everything, it's a full-time gig trying to balance like a day job with your dream job that you're trying to build on the side, but it's just been so worth it. So yeah, I wrote this book ultimately to kind of provide that comfort, that inspiration to people of all ages and stages in life. So that's my, that's my goal. 
Oh, wonderful. That's so amazing. And yeah, I have to say, Tess and I actually met back um, when we worked at a big corporation. I think it's like number six or number five on the Forbes list. (laughs) And Tess was in accounting and I was in marketing. And we were able to meet throughout your dad. So it just worked out that we worked for the same corporation and got to know each other there. And I just was so drawn to Tess just by your heart and your soul. And it amazed me because I'm actually married to an auditor. So I understand that accounting and in numbers side. And it amazed me how you were just so in tune with your creative side as well. And we had those conversations about how you back, and that was like two years ago, how you wanted to move from accounting into something more creative and helping others. And it's just so beautiful to see how God's been working in you. And and now look at you, you've launched a book and now you're at an amazing organization. And it's just so really cool to see that. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's one of those things that definitely like doesn't happen overnight. Even if I knew I was meant for something different, for something better, I had to just trust in God that like it would come at the right time. So took a little longer than I thought, but I'm where I want to be. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. And that actually reminds me of one of the love letters in your book. I don't, I don't remember which one. Cause there's, I think how many love letters in there? 50? 59. Yep. 59. Okay. Yes. It's mm-hmm. a good little quote there. That is also in the, your love letters book. So your book offers comfort and support to those who have been wounded by life's heaviness. Can you tell us kind of how you came about that book? So it's it's really specific on the hurting, the healing, and your growing heart and learning to love yourself. You can just tell by reading it that you've had your own experiences. Can you go through the thought process of what made you actually want to start writing that book and then some of those experiences that you had that really molded the book itself? Yeah, absolutely. For me, writing is something that has always been my outlet. It's always been a part of me and it's really been my way of kind of letting my soul do the talking. And it's just taken different forms throughout the years. So, you know, I never actually really used to put my writings out there in the world until fairly recently, probably a little over two years ago. Um, And I remember friends saying to me, they're like, Tess, I didn't even know that you wrote. And I was like, well, yeah, that's because I used to write for myself. You know, like I would write journals, I would reflect on things. I also love to like write letters to people. So I'd mail letters to people a lot too, but I never really like publicized my writings, I guess. And so I was battling with, you know, various different struggles at the time and really trying to figure out who the heck I was. And so I turned to the internet and I turned to books to be comforted and consoled by other people's words. And so I thought to myself, I was like, okay, I love to write and I love to help people. And here I am having complete strangers on the internet help guide me through this painful time in my life. And they're helping to provide me with you know, so much support and so much love. And I don't even know these people. And so I wanted to be able to do the same, like kind of express my emotions and my thoughts and use my experiences in order to help other people. And so that's when I started to kind of publish articles on websites. And I started my own writing Instagram account on the side. And I just took these little steps towards 
my ultimate dream, which was to write a book someday. I had no idea how I was going to do it, but that was my dream. And, you know, all the while just hoping and praying that my words could bring comfort, even just to one person. That really was my goal. And so with this book, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, um, I guess you would say, just in the sense that, you know, I wrote it to help others. I wrote it to help people feel seen and to feel like they're not alone and to remind them just how capable and loved they are. But I also wrote it as an expression of my thoughts and my experiences and Everything that is written in this book is something that I've at one point or another in my life needed to hear myself. So really, I don't know, it's like this book is me kind of pouring my heart out to others in order to be able to say, you know, I've been there. I felt what you're feeling. I see you and kind of let me hold your hand so I can like guide you through what you're going through, or at least that's my hope with it. I love that. That's amazing. And I remember when we connected and you talked about your Instagram account, I had followed you and it was Tessie's writings and (laughs) your, your, your dad had commented about it. So I think I started following you before we even met. And I just remember just how beautiful those words were. And again, how I was like, wow, like she's a numbers gal. (laughs) (laughs) This is is amazing. And it, it really showed me, um, one thing that like you can't label yourself yeah of who you who you think um you are because you are amazing at numbers but that doesn't mean that you can't be amazing with words as well and use all of your skills and talents to help others in the world and that goes to the experiences that you had you know how courageous to take those experiences that you've had and be able to turn it around and share it with other individuals I just think that's just so, so beautiful. I think that goes to show too, just the idea of like not boxing yourself in anywhere. Like you don't have to just be one type of person or do one type of thing, you know, like do everything that you feel like God's calling you to do. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I just see that with my husband. He does the same thing and he's a numbers guy, but he's very creative himself and he doesn't box himself in. And then, you know, same with Faith and Gather, you know, I'm able, I am a marketer by trade and communications, and that is really what Faith and Gather is. But I guess my boxing myself in was I am at the core really an introvert. And I've had to teach myself to be extrovert. And there's a there's a word that I can't remember what it is, but it's the combo between the introvert and extrovert where like you can be, <laughs> you're both. And I don't know what that word is right now, but I have had to teach myself that even though I am introverted, God's called me to do things like a podcast that are more an extroverted way of communication. Writing can be very introverted and then communicating and talking with others is that extroversion. So not boxing yourself in with just those little labels that we we put on ourselves. I'm literally the exact same way. I always call myself an extroverted introvert because I'm like an introvert at heart, but like I still enjoy people and stuff. But yeah, for sure. It's like, I wrote this book, but now I'm like, I'm being called to do these other extroverted things like podcasts or like talking and stuff. So I feel that. Yeah. It's like, they really do say like, you have to get out of your comfort zone to grow. And that makes sense a little bit. You, you got to grow. You got to get out of that comfort zone. Back to the book. 
I really felt like I was sitting with a girlfriend and I was getting just a big hug with these love letters. And me knowing that you are the author on the other end of this, I really felt that girlfriend. But I, I think with other women who read this, they'll, they'll feel that as well. Like you're just getting a hug and you're, you're walking with somebody who understands the, the pain that you've gone through or the confusion or lack of confidence. Can you walk us through maybe one experience that you had that really, that you remember that helped create one or two of the love letters? whether that was learning how to love yourself and not rely on others or to build your confidence, or, you know, there's quite a bit of a message in here about forgiveness as well. So if you feel comfortable sharing, you know, just maybe like one or two of those experiences and how that molded this book and then also how God guided you through that as well. Yeah, absolutely. We all have so many different things that happen to us that shape who we are. And if I look at just a couple things in my life. I went through a really painful, heart-wrenching breakup several years ago. And it's funny because, you know, looking back now, I am beyond grateful that that breakup occurred, but you know, it was just extremely emotionally abusive. And now I'm dating an incredible man who I think is just the epitome of God's love. But you know, at the time you can't really see that. And you feel like your life is just falling apart. And I remember so many nights just sitting in my bed crying and thinking, God, how am I supposed to move on? How am I supposed to get through this day, let alone this week or this year? And it's so cute. My mom would like text me different things throughout those like hard, hard months. She would just text me a couple times throughout the day and be like, way to go. You got through another hour. Like way to go, honey. Or you did it, Tessie. Like half the day is already gone. Just that like encouragement of like being there with me in those moments. So sweet. And it was, I know. And I felt like God was providing me with that same type of comfort. You know, it's like he just met me in my pain and he sat with me. He didn't rush me. He didn't abandon me. He just walked alongside me and kind of gave me that perfect amount of strength that I needed to get through each moment. And the same thing too with my struggle with drinking. I went through the majority of my 20s abusing alcohol and really letting it ruin parts of my life and parts of my heart. I mean, I binge drank and blacked out all the time in college, but I just told myself, you know, that's what everyone does. That's what Mm -hmm. college is. And then once I graduated college, I kind of started living even more so this party lifestyle where drinking was the main component of it. It's what I did. It's who I was. And even then I just told myself, you know, I'm just having fun in my mid twenties. Like I'm going to outgrow this. And eventually I did outgrow that like party hearty lifestyle. And I started surrounding myself with more of those soul nourishing friendships. And I got into a healthy relationship with my current boyfriend. I started, you know, filling my weekends with things other than going to the bar. I was quote unquote, like getting my life together. But even then I did not have control of my drinking and I drank to the point of blacking out more often than I'd like to admit. So I just, I realized that drinking was always going to be an issue for me and it was probably only going to get worse as my life went on. And let me tell you, that is a scary thing to have to admit to yourself. And so I ended up quitting cold turkey almost 14 months ago on my own. Yeah, I know. I'm like, time flies. (laughs) But I, I didn't go to treatment or anything. And I know for a fact that 
there is absolutely no way I could not have done this without God in my corner, without him holding my hand each step of the way. I God, for me, it's like God knows everything on your heart and you don't have to explain anything to him. And on top of that, he is so quick to forgiveness. He's so quick to grace, quick to compassion. And so for me, I was able to just like go to God with this messy, seemingly completely screwed up life of mine and just say, God, I need you. And he came to my rescue then, and he continues to come to my rescue every single day. I know that everyone kind of has a different view of who God is and what he's like. But to me, throughout my life, throughout all my trials and my triumphs and everything in between, God has just shown himself to be the most loyal, gentle, magnificent friend. And so for me, I feel like those were kind of some life experiences that really helped shape this book and helped me kind of form the messages throughout it. I mean, there are like a million things that played into it, but those were some of the bigger ones that kind of helped form the messages throughout it. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being so open about that. And yeah, it is amazing how he can just love you through any of that, Mm -hmm. especially when I think you're the hardest on yourself. Um, you and I have talked about this before and I've, I've struggled with alcohol as well. And I'm actually on my journey to a year of sobriety. I'm almost six, six months into it, which is super exciting. That's so good. Yeah. Just like you couldn't do it without God. Like in those hard moments, you just, you can't do it without him. And I think how your book, you know, that title, it says like hurting, healing and growing heart. Like, I think that is just so well sums up a journey, you know, that journey with God. Because for me right now, you know, on this journey of sobriety, I really am healing from those situations, you know, because there was a lot of hurting in them. The world to me, like you had said, makes it seem like, oh, I'm just in my 20s and it's fine and everybody's blacking out and everybody's making these mistakes and everybody's doing these things. And then you mature a little bit. You just come to reality and realize like that isn't true. That's not the way God intended my life to be. And so, you know, healing from those hurting moments that used to be actually fun moments and exciting moments in your life, you're now kind of healing from, which is kind of odd. And then during that time, your heart just continues to grow and mature and you're doing that through God. And then also, as you mentioned in your book, through learning to love yourself as well. Because when you have those moments that come at you from sideways, I call them like the flashbacks that I have of those moments in life, whatever it may be that you just feel that pain with, God just really helps you through those flashbacks and and you really like grow and mature through them. That is so beautifully said. And I think you hit it right on the head. It's like, Yeah, I still feel shame or guilt or embarrassment or whatever about like who I used to be or what I used to do. But it's God whispering in my ear that you're not a bad person because of that. Like that was all part of your story. That all is what got you to where you are today. And so I just have to like remind myself of that. And then, you know, like you, like me, like being able to like, use our story to help other people who are going through that, I think is such a beautiful gift to be able to do. So yeah, definitely that journey of the hurting and then you heal from it and you grow from it. And yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. 
So amazing. So now I would love to dive into some of your love letters. I picked out a couple of my favorites just to give our listeners an idea of what your book is like. So I'm going to start by reading love letter number four. And so I really like this one. It talks about pain and then your community. So love letter number four, pain thrives on loneliness. It feeds off isolation, but its greatest enemy is connection. No matter how deeply pain has burrowed within your heart, it cannot persevere when faced with a healthy dose of comfort and community. You might hurt, but you know that you don't have to hurt alone. Our sorrows are always easier to bear when we allow others to walk alongside us on our journey. Don't close yourself off from the healing power of community. And I so love that because that is exactly what Faith and Gather is. It is to be there for the women in the community and to support each other and to just remind each other that we're going through all the same types of situations, not the exact situations, but I guess the feelings that we're having, we're going through those same feelings, whether it's good feelings or bad feelings, you know, to share that in community and don't, don't isolate yourself from that. So I thought that was just so, so beautifully written. This one is in love letter 14. And I just loved how this was in bold print and it really just stuck out to me and really spoke to me. Going back to the hardships that we were just talking about, it says, hardships do not disqualify you from conquering your life. And so often I feel like when I'm in the hardships or I'm in pain or just in intense stressful moments that, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, Lord, I know you've put this calling on my life or, you know, I, I know you have more for me, but like, I just, this is too much. I can't do this. And like you said, those hardships do not disqualify you from conquering your life, you know, sit in them, pause in them, but then move on and know that God's going to guide you through them. And you just have to remember to be so gentle with yourself because God's so gentle with you. Absolutely. And it's funny you picked that one. I That was going to be one of my favorite ones. I didn't, but I was very drawn to that one too, because I think it's such a good reminder that just that, yeah, like we all go through things and it doesn't mean you're sidelined and you have no hope for moving on. It's, it's just part of your story and keep going. So I love that too. What are a couple of letters that really speak to you? And I know this is a tough one for you because you're the writer. So obviously the ones you chose to be in the book are just beautiful um, and you are, are just tied to your heart and that's why they're in there. But, you know, what are some that really speak to you? And they could just be speaking to you in this season right now. Because I do believe, you know, all these love letters, although some may not speak to you in your current season, they will speak to you throughout the journey. So What's a few that, or maybe one or two that you want to share that you like? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, can I choose like number one through 59? Yeah, I know. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I think, so love letter number 44, I think, like you said, like really right now in this season of mine definitely speaks to me um, just with everything I'm going through with this writing and publishing this book and everything that says, you have a powerful story to share. Do not rob the world of your unique message. Do not silence your voice because your fear stands taller and speaks louder than the truth of your convictions within. 
People may laugh at you or ignore you or judge you, and that's okay because your words were never meant to connect with everyone, but they were meant to connect with someone. And then it continues going on. But just that idea of honestly, like why I wrote this book, I think a lot of times we think that our story isn't like big enough or interesting enough, or we didn't have a momentous life event that qualifies as like our story that's worth sharing. And I think that everything you're doing makes your life special. And so then it's when we learn how to be vulnerable with that and share that unique story with others that we can help people feel less alone and more seen. And I always have to remind myself too, like I'm worthy of sharing my story, even if I don't have some giant platform or whatever it might be. Um, God's calling us to step forth and share that. Yes. That one just spoke so much to me and like how the devil really gets you in the confidence area and he wants to slap you down and just tell you that your story is not, it's not worthy. Like you said, it's not big enough. And that's just such a lie. And he does that to me as well. I mean, right before recording this podcast, it's like, I'm not capable of doing these things. Why would anybody want to hear what I have to say? I'm not great with spoken words. I'm more of a writer, you know? And it's like, that's not true because God wouldn't have given me this fire and passion for the podcast. And, you know, like every, we're all learning and we have to start somewhere. And you look at the people who are on Instagram or they're they're huge, well-known speakers and you see them where they are now, where they're famous and they're at their best, but they started with a story. They started just with the story of their life or what they knew. And then they were called to grow more and more and become who they are today. But I bet if you sat down with those individuals and at their core, they probably still don't feel qualified to be doing what they're doing. And I think that is just always what Satan is doing is getting into us and telling us that we aren't qualified to share our story with others because he doesn't want others to thrive. That's not the business that he is in. And that's the business that God is in. So he's not, he's not going to build you up. He's not going to give you that confidence. And we have to find that confidence in God and we have to find that confidence within ourselves. And so I just love that, that love letter because you do have a story to tell and you just don't let Satan shut you up. Well, it's so funny hearing you say you're, that you're more of a written word, not a spoken word, because you just said that so beautifully. So you you have a gift Thank and you. that idea of just letting our confidence shine through. Thank you. Yeah. So what's a what's another little love letter that you love? So I picked um, the last one, actually, 59. Um, May your heart be at peace knowing that you are already more than enough. May you smile with ease, knowing that this world craves exactly what you have to offer. May you be filled with comfort, knowing that you have the ability to bring overwhelming love and light to others simply by being your genuine, beautiful self. May you shine. And I feel like I ended the book with this letter for a reason, um, just because it's such a simple yet powerful reminder to people of their innate beauty within and to encourage people to really just continue letting their light shine brightly in the world. Mm, That's so beautiful. And your words are just so beautiful, Tess, really just, um, I'm so glad that I know you personally, and I'm so glad that those who don't get to see who you are and who your heart is and what really is in there and your spirit and soul. And these beautiful words, I think, can just, they just permeate. And I think, um, you know, this I would recommend for 
our listeners to go out and get this book. It is on Amazon and buy it for your friends and your family. I actually am going to gift my book to one of my friends who's going through a situation right now. And I think it'll just speak so well into that situation and and provide her encouragement. Like you said, it's just so beautiful that your words can support somebody that you don't even know, you know, halfway across the country or, you know, on the other side of the globe and, That's just so amazing that God gives each of us these talents and these skills that he can do so much, so much with. And I think going back to like our confidence factor, it's like we don't necessarily have to have the confidence. We just have to do what God tells us to do because he can do the rest. And so you made that leap, that courageous decision to write this book and put it out there in the world and be vulnerable. And now it's God's turn to get it out there and put it in the hands of the people that it needs to be in. So thank you so much for sharing your heart and just writing these beautiful words. And I would love it if you could share where our listeners could find you. So on Instagram or website, your book, all those good details. Absolutely. Yeah. So my website is www.tesshaze.com. And then my Instagram handle is Tess underscore Hayes. So you can find me there. My book is on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. So go buy it. And like you said, I think it's just a book, not only for yourself, but a wonderful book to gift to others, especially in this Valentine's day season and everything. But I would love to just connect with any and all of you. So feel free to reach out to me. Awesome. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much. And again, the book is May You Shine, Love Letters to the Hurting, Healing, and Growing Heart, written by the lovely Tess Hayes. (laughs) Well, (laughs) thank thank you, you, Erica. Yeah, thank you so much. So, so good to see you. You're welcome. Thanks. Congratulations to saying yes to yourself. Fill it up your cup, feed in your soul. If you want more, head over to faithinspiredpodcast.com for show notes and links to all the goodies mentioned in today's podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep you faith-inspired.